Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck. <laughs> Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. On this episode, I talk with Aaron Frank from OCR Overload, and OCR Overload is going to be a four-mile, 40-obstacle race that's going to be in Waldo, Florida, which is a smaller town, and he guaranteed us that this race will not be canceled. It's 30 minutes from Jacksonville and 45 minutes from Gainesville, Florida. And it's on February the 6th, which is a month before the Spartan National Series race, almost. And it'd be a great way to kind of get a good warm-up in before the National Series race. And who knows, Spartan race might cancel on us at the last minute, even at that race. It's a very affordable race. I think he said it was $99 for Elite Wave and $79 for Open Heat. And he gave us the code SWAMP50 which will get you 50% off. That's a great deal. I'm already signed up. Uh, but anyway, here goes the episode with Aaron, and he'll tell us all about his race. Aaron Frank, what is going on today, man? And Not much. Just getting ready for the uh, race on February 6th. Um, this has been just a, a tremendous opportunity for me to uh, work with such great uh, directors here in Florida to uh, bring OCR back to what it originally started for right on so let's take a step back man and before we get into this race that you're gonna be putting on and i'm sure it's gonna be great man i'm looking forward to it i'm already signed up for it uh brian hess said i needed to come and do this race i trust brian so i'm gonna check it out and brian hess put on the swamp battle or had a lot to do with the swamp battle ocr race so But, Aaron, just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from and how you got into the sport, man. All right, so I'm I'm a Florida guy, and I was up in North Carolina, um, and I was training for uh, podium for Spartan for many, many years. And I went out, and I came very, very close a few times to actually taking out some um, paid athletes, and I came so close a couple times that I could taste the podium, that I could taste the middle around my neck. And it was just, my life at that time needed OCR because OCR is not just the podium finisher, but it's a lifestyle. It is a, a to eat well it's a ability to live well and it's a ability to have a support group like no other um and what i mean by that is when i first got into ocr i weighed 265 pounds i couldn't even jog a quarter mile i could not even do one pull-up when i started ocr and to me the support staff that brought me from not being able to run a quarter mile 
to be able to run a 5K in 24 minutes. That support staff pushed me to where I'm at today. Where I'm at today, which thankfully um, is due to a lot of a team called More Heart Than Scars. Oh, I know them. It is a non... You know them? Yeah, yeah I, did, they, I think I did they, a race they with are them. amazing. In, yeah, I, I did a race with them uh, in... It was in Conyers... 2017 i think either 2016 or 2017 um one of my buddy michael um who's well he's my best friend and we go pretty much to all the races we do together but one of his friends in dallas georgia his son had lost his leg in a, in a truck crash and uh he had pretty much just got released you know from the doctor to you know be on his prosthetic you know and move around and we took them through a sprint course you know and it took and it, it took a long time i want to say we might have been out there five hours but you know mm-hmm. the just from him through the years going on from that you know he got a blade he's learned how to run on it good and he's done a bunch of savages and stuff and the last i saw him i want to say now he's like snowboarding for like the the you know the the olympics or whatever like the adaptive Olympics, you know. I don't know if do nice. they still call it the Special Olympics. Do they still call it that? Yes, they do. Okay, but that's what he's doing now, man. He's like really good at it, doing wakeboarding and all kind of stuff, man. Yeah, man. It was it was amazing. So in twenty twenty eighteen, um, I was at the twenty nineteen that. 2018, I was at the National Championship Series in Spartan, and I was behind Ryan Atkins, Ryan Woods, and VJ, yeah. and I could taste the metal. I mean, when I can tell you I could taste it, it was phenomenal. I was on point. Well, what a lot of people didn't know until I came out in public about it is I have a rare disease of diabetes. I'm not type 1, and I'm not type 2. I'm what's called a quarter percenter. It's where my pancreas will huh. still produce, but it will only release only when it wants to. Huh. So at the end of the race, I think I was in fifth, fourth or fifth or, or something like that. My sugar hit me and I dropped 120 points oh, wow. in my sugar level. Um, and I just dropped to the ground and I couldn't figure out why with all the training that I did, my sugar levels would do this, right? But why now all of a sudden out of nowhere is this happening to me? It never happened during training. And I would train for four or five hours at a time. I trained to win a sprint. When I mean that is I would run with a 20-pound vest on and do a 5K in 30 minutes with a 20-pound ruck. Right. I was training for this. Well, I was so upset, so just distraught that I didn't know what direction I was going to go in. I was over at the start line when Erica was brought over the start line in her wheelchair by um, Joey, Zach, and a few other people from More Heart Than Scholars. Yeah, and I was like, thing. yeah, Joey's a beast. He's my best friend. Um, he's my brother. And, uh, he's always got a smile like, on his face, right? Always positive, always motivated, yep. always driven. Um, I said, I wanted that 
whatever they have, that's what I want. And when I was talking with, uh, when I was talking with Joey a couple months after the race, I immediately knew what direction I needed to go in. And it wasn't podium chasing. It was actually helping people get off the couch. Going back to what OCR originally was, it was getting people off the couch, getting people out, getting people active, helping people with a better lifestyle. Right. And that's when that's when this changed for me. That's when it became more of a, what does OCR really mean to you? What does OCR mean to many other people? Um, and I'm not knocking it. I would love in my life to still hit a podium, um, just a just a bucket list type thing. Right. But that is not where my heart is. My heart is these adaptive kids and these adaptive athletes because. It's not just disabilities of being in a wheelchair or having one arm or having no fingers like Zach. It's the people with PTSD. It's the people with depression. It's the people with anxiety disorders and many, many other things. When OCR shut down last year, I worked with another race director out of the Chattanooga area. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, she did so many amazing things when everyone told her she was crazy she said no ocr is not crazy ocr is a lifestyle that helps people i agree and i was a part of something very very special and i got home after after helping her for with a couple of her races that she did up in that area and it hit me you know us in florida you know, we have a swamp battle, you know, once a year. We have a we have two Spartans. We have a couple city courses, but you know, who wants to pay a hundred and ninety dollars for a race entry? Yeah. How is that helping getting people off the couch that can't afford a gym membership? Yeah, it gets expensive. For sure. It does. And and it, but it's a you know, and it's like I tell my significant other all the time, at least I have a clean hobby. You know, I'm either at the gym working out, I'm in the garage working out, or I'm at the shop or I'm with you at home. You know, it's a very expensive hobby to actually have. So um, going back to Swamp Battle with Brian and um, going back to Hildervat with uh, Dan, um, when when all these races got canceled and I was looking for a fill-in race to go and have fun with, um, Dan from Hildervat... Um, was doing a race on the beach in Jacksonville. Have you ever seen a beach OCR before? I haven't, but I, I saw uh, video clips from that race you're talking about, though. It looked really fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, let me tell you. I didn't know what to expect besides just to go for a jog on a beach was my expectations of that. Right. When I got there, I registered in the festivity area, obviously. And when I got to the bridge that walked you to the ocean, you saw the sun rising and you saw all the rigs. Oh, but that was cool. On the beach. Oh man. Let me tell you, I, right now I got goosebumps even talking about it. I was (laughs) like, 
wow, he is on to something. So my mind immediately went to, this is going to be so much fun. Here's an A-frame cargo. Here's a Hercoise. Here's monkey bars. Here's uh, uh, flying trampolines. Here's pipes. Here's this. Here's that. Here's walls on the beach. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> this is on a beach. Are you serious? <laughs> and uh, I met Brian that day. Um, and, you know, it's always been my goal to bring OCR to Florida um, in two different versions, you know, have an OCR overload with way too many obstacles and having a price that people can actually afford to bring a family of four out to. Right. Because people can't, you know, a family of four coming out for most races right now are going to cost them $800. Yep. You know, unless they got some kind of discounts, it's going to be expensive. So when I, when I was talking to Brian and I was talking to Dan, they're like, hey, well, you know, we're doing a swamp battle thing. What kind of ideas do you have to bring to the table? And I said, I got you. I've got a low rig that is going to knock the socks off of everybody. And I've got a multi-rig that you guys are going to love. So at swamp battle, um, I actually did the low rig and I did the multi-rig um, with me, Dan, and George from Hildervat um, did the uh, multi-rig. So it was uh, those two rigs right there were the start of uh, three OCR companies coming together to bring what I believe is the next OCR World Championship to cool. Florida. So you, you know, doing these two races, where did you come to, you know, the decision to be like, you know what, I think I can put on my own race. Tell us how that came so, about. <laughs> yeah, so that that's always been there. I've always designed rigs, and I've designed rigs for a lot of other people. Um, I've designed different types of walls and different types of um, multi-rigs. So one day, I was, so it was right before Dan's race, actually, before I met Brian. Right. Um, I was sitting at home, and I was going, and I was fighting with... Uh, I don't want to say who I was fighting with, but I was fighting with another OCR company about credits, race credits and things of that nature. It was probably said, any of them. <laughs> you know that, you know. And I was like, man, I just want to race. There has got to be a way to race. And I'm tired of traveling to North Carolina, to deep into Georgia, to South Carolina, um, all, you know, uh, Mississippi, Alabama. I'm tired of this. There's got to be local gyms here in Florida that would jump on board for OCRs here in Florida. So I sat, I sat at my, I sat at my desk at work one day and I went ahead and I designed a course. I said, okay, if I was to put a race together, what would make it special? What would make it so unique that everybody would want to come to? And then it just hit me, overload the obstacles. And what I mean by that is, so everyone's got their standalone obstacles. Everyone, you know, standalone obstacles obviously is your walls, is your rings and your monkey bars. Right. Okay, those are standalone obstacles. Everybody has that. No one's special at that point, right? Right. Because everybody has those. Right. 
but then I took it one step further and I was like, well, wait a minute. How many people really don't do the rings? How many people really don't do the monkey bars? So I went back and I sat back in my desk and I said, wow, I remember there was a rig at the end of a race that I went to and I was with more heart than scars and I watched people just walk right by it. Well, if people are going to walk by a rig, it's because, number one, they feel they can't do it, right? Right. They feel they, they don't have the motivation to do it. Um, or they feel they just can't. So they're discrediting themselves from the start like they can't do it, which is no big deal. That's that's why you have multiple obstacles. Well, when I was looking at different obstacle companies that are out there and the obstacle companies that have closed, by the way, we've they've closed 27 different OCR companies last year. Yep. Closed out, sold out. They're not running again. Right. 27. That's a bunch. And I didn't know it was that many. Yeah, I knew mean, there was a man, bunch. It's a huge bunch, ain't it? Yeah, that's a lot. Um, so when I was at the office and I was just thinking about it, I was like, OCR overload. OCR overload. American Ninja Warrior meets OCR. Holy crap. American Ninja Warrior meets OCR. OCR overload. How many obstacles would I have to have that are actual obstacles, not just a mud pit called an obstacle? How many obstacles? So I was like, oh, wow. If I put a four-mile race together and I have 40 obstacles, that's 10 obstacles per mile. It doesn't matter what your running ability is. It matters where your heart is. Because I remember there was a race that I did, and I got to the rope climb. It was a city race, but it was in August, and it was in Kissimmee, Florida. And when I got to the end, I had no gas left. So what this particular company did was they had actual obstacles instead of calling walking through a river a river run right. are walking through mud, a mud hole. Right. They actually had 15 standalone obstacles that were really obstacles between carries. And we're not talking about bob wire crawls or anything like that. Yeah. We're talking standalone actual obstacles. So when I was thinking about this, I was like, man, if I was trying to get off the couch and I went to a big box OCR, how many of those obstacles am I really going to do? So then I thought about OCR World Championship. And I said, when I was at OCR World Championship, I lost my band. But I can't count how many dang obstacles I tried. Right. I tried every single obstacle that there was. And I noticed something about it. I noticed that other obstacle companies or helping OCR World Championship. So yeah. you had OCR World Championship, you had Savage, you had Spartan, you had Indian Mud Run, and you had a few others. Right. So it hit me, oh my gosh. I just got introduced to Dan, I just got introduced to Brian, I just got introduced to George from Hildervet, I just got introduced to Kristen from um, Swamp Battle, right. Trinity Fitness. We need to get together. We need to talk. So that's kind of how it 
that's kind of how it started and how I decided what does OCR overload have to offer that is unique? Well, it's the amount of obstacles because not every single person. Now, everyone will try an obstacle. That don't mean they're going to succeed in it. Right. You know, elite runners are going to run an elite race. It don't matter what you throw in front of them. All they need to know, and then this is coming from an elite runner, is what's the distance so I can pace myself, okay? That is the traditional elite runner. Well, OCR overload brings a whole different world to it because, for example, I have two different categories in this particular race that I've dreamt about for a long time. This particular race, thanks to Swamp Battle and thanks to Hildervat, is going to have OCR overload, which is, you know, I've got all these standalone obstacles myself. Right. But Swamp Battle OCR is bringing a Swamp Battle alley into this race. They are going to bring standalone obstacles of their own and take control of a quarter mile of this race. Oh, cool. Oh, it gets better. You ready for this one? Dan and George from Hildebat are going to take another quarter mile of this race and bring obstacles. So it's like a compilation of all three races then. Yes. It's, it's like, it's, it is very, very similar to OCR world championship. And this was, this, this was my vision from the start was how many other OCRs can we get together to actually start holding these events in Florida so people don't have to drive all the way up to North Carolina. So people don't have to drive all the way up to Iowa, you know, for example, because we do, you know, let's just face it when other big boxes throw out their schedules and it's a national championship series, right? You know, we're in California, we're in New York, we're up in Michigan. You know, they do that on purpose so we can, you know, drive to these different places and boost their numbers up. Yeah. And, the, the, the big thing for me, truthfully, is how many obstacles can I put in a 5K? I had to stretch it to four miles because I had too many obstacles. I could not average 13 obstacles a mile. That's just completely insane. Right. So... <clears throat> I understand that you're having this race is going to be in Waldo, Florida and Waldo, Florida is like, isn't it like 30 minutes from Jacksonville, right? Yes. It's 30 minutes from Jacksonville and 25 minutes from Gainesville. So it's not too far a drive from, you know, if you have wanted to fly into Jacksonville and, and do this race. And the good thing about this race is, is if you're planning on going to the Spartan national series race, in February, this is a good race to uh, kind of knock the rust off because it's on February the 6th, which is about a month away. Yes, we're looking at 32 days away. We're looking at uh, 24 days till build day uh, to when we start building. And I can tell you um, right now, I am just, these are people, um, I'm glad that you mentioned it because of the, uh, the Spartan coming up on the national series. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it because I have people that are registered for my race that I have always wanted to run against. Um, 
you know, there's there's certain people that you've been passed on a course. Right. Or you've slipped on an obstacle and they've passed you and you're like, oh my gosh. You know, I cannot believe I was running in front of this person and they passed me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And you see them when you fail, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing. The, you know, some of the athletes that I have, and I'm, I really, I'm not a name dropper, never have been, never will be, but I am, um, I look at the registrations when they come in and some of these names, I'm just like, oh my gosh, they're coming from Maryland. Wow. You know, they're coming from Maine and you're like, you know, so I, I've, I've reached out to a couple of them, um, which is something I've never done before. And I'm like, Hey, what, why did you decide to come? They're like, well, it's perfect training for the national series championship yep. because you're actually, your motocross park is the exact same as the motocross park that we're going to be racing in. Yep. It's got the same jumps. It's got the same Hills. Um, uh, it's almost an exact replica as far as the terrain. Well, the terrain is an exact replica. Right. Um, so the almost terrain all Florida terrains the same. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so like, what yeah, I've been just, these names of these people that are coming in, it's like, can you do me a favor? I'll have a radio on me. When you get to registration, could you have them call me? <laughs> <laughs> so have you gotten a lot of registrations? Does it seem like a lot of people are going to show up? Yes. Um, I have, awesome. I, I can, I cannot say, um, that I'm a hundred percent happy yet with the registrations, but, I can tell you for a race that is not going to be canceled in Florida, I am very surprised in the number of people that have already registered. And that was something I wanted to ask you too. You know, everybody talks about how Florida, cause I'm in Georgia, so I'm probably like a couple of hours away from Jacksonville. Uh, so uh, my question is, is everybody knows that it's kind of Florida and Georgia too, or kind of the more lenient uh, states when it comes to putting on a race due to, you know, COVID restrictions and stuff like that. What kind of hoops did you have to like kind of work with the city, you know, to put on the race, you know? Oh man, this has been the city of Waldo and our governor has been so gracious. So awesome. The state of Florida has lost, uh, so far since COVID, has lost $137 billion in taxable income um, from businesses. That's 7% of a lot of money. Um, As long as I'm under 1,500 people in my festivity area, in the festival area, no one can say a word. Um, which is, which is amazing because I'm on private property and right. I can't be shut down. But if I have 2000 people in that area, they can come in and say, Hey, where are the masks? Where's the sanitizer? Where's this and that? So I'm taking a very uh, aggressive approach with CDC rules, regulations. Um, I've had to with my dealership. Um, I own a small car dealership in, right. um, in the town right above Waldo. Yeah. And, Thankfully, I'm inside almost every single city meeting that we actually have. So I'm, I'm very keen to the differences between what the different cities around the area actually wants as far as protection for everybody. Right. So what I did was 
um, I am the first OCR director. Um, I guess that's what I'm called. I'm the owner slash director. I'm the first one to say, hey, if you have a team and you want your own team tent, bring it. Sit it up in the festivity area for free. I don't care. I'm not going to charge you. Advertise your gym for free. Advertise whatever you want, your your PT training and, you know, your CrossFit games. Do whatever you want. Bring right. your tent. And this is why. If you're with your gym and you're with the people that you work out with and you know that when they walked through the registration that their temperature has been checked, their hands have been sanitized, they have a mask. If they go to your team tent, right, that means they're out of the walk-in areas of everywhere else. So it's point. more of a controlled area. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, you know, to be honest, you know, I know other other race directors that are going to hear this and they're going to say, well, he's, you know, he's wasting money. Well, you know, it's not about money. It's about getting people off the couch. Right. I don't need to charge people like Ant Fitness that's coming up from the Orlando or Tampa area, I'm sorry, um, and they're bringing the tent. I don't need a charge in them to be in my festivity area. Here's why. Somebody is going to say, oh my gosh, I only live 30 minutes from your gym. I didn't know you guys existed. What kind of deal can you make me and my wife for some kind of personal training to get us going? Because we love this obstacle stuff, but we just need help. Right. That, to me, is worth more than charging somebody $500 or $250 or $100 to put a tent up. And one of the things that the city of Waldo loved was when I said that every single tent will have a table. On that table, they will have hand sanitizer and they will have masks for their gym members. That was the selling point of how I truly feel with the CDC regulations and being in the open area, because, you know, we're not in an enclosed stadium. Right. So there's, there's a lot more airflow than oh, yeah. what's inside that. I'm sure it'll be way more safe than going to Walmart. <laughs> it's a lot more safe than going to Walmart. I can tell you that, but you know, truthfully looking at the different restrictions and what I had to do to actually make this race possible, it was a lot of correspondence back and forth emails about how am I going to handle if I have 500 runners or if I have a thousand runners, what is OCR overload going to do to protect its athletes? Now to me, an athlete, you know, it's me, it's you, it's Erica, it's Joey, it's the 280 or 264 pound version of me. It's everybody. Right. What am I going to do to protect them? Well, listen, it's very simple. There's one thing that I've learned about OCR. The people inside OCR, there's one thing they all have in common. They're doing it to be healthy. Oh, yeah. So they're not going to risk going to an event. And I can tell you if they have a fever, they're not crossing into our event. So you're going to be checking uh, tips before they come in? Yes, they will be. They will be uh, temperature checked um, as they walk into the entryway. 
there will be hand sanitizer right there and there will be extra masks in case they don't have one. Now, that's not saying if you're, you know, jogging and stretching, you have to wear a mask. Right. That's just saying, please, you know, if you're going to group up, group up with your team. And if you are going to be out there, you know, walking before the race, which I don't care, you can walk the whole race before you run it. I'm perfectly fine with that. If you walk by a volunteer, the volunteer will have a mask on. Right. I mean, you know, a, a lot of common sense comes down to it, too, because what you've just described is the same thing that they did at Savage and the same thing that they did at the Spartan Jacksonville event, you know. You have, it, it, it comes down, you can't, I mean, it's, the, the races are going to have the sanitizer and the mask there, and the rest is up to the racer. You know, if if you want to social distance, there will be plenty of room for you to do that. You know, it's it's kind of like the way I feel it. You got to take it on your own responsibility. You know, and if it, I mean, and if it scares you so much to where if you you don't maybe it's probably, I mean, I'm not saying don't go. I'm just saying that it's your responsibility to social distance. You know, so if if it, well, you walk into an area and it doesn't look safe take a longer route around, you know? So I got a phone call and this is amazing. Um, this lady, um, so she's had COVID and her kids didn't catch it. Her husband didn't catch it. Maybe they're immune to it or, or whatnot, but she's already had it. She asked me about the kids race. And let me tell you, Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen rigs on a kid's race? Uh, maybe some of the older kids races at like Spartan, maybe don't they have them there? No, not really. They have a couple small ones, but nothing really big. Nothing big. Um, yeah, this lady, she asked me, she said, I hear a rumor about you having monkey bars, rings, turquoise, sandbag carry, bucket carry, <laughs> tire pull. And she's going on and on about my list of my kids race. She said, is half of this true? I said, no, ma'am, all of it's true. And I said, I'm actually working on a bridge, a two-story bridge that the kids actually have to go up on cargo nets and come down on cargo nets. She said, a two-story rig for kids. That'll be cool. I said, yes, ma'am. I love that. That'd be like right? a big playground. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah, right? That'd <laughs> be just phenomenal. Um, and she goes, well, let me ask you a question. What are you doing about COVID? And I said, ma'am, here's the thing about COVID. We all need to go play in the mud more. If most people would go play in the mud more, we'd have better immune systems. And she just fell out and laughed. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's what she told her doctor. <laughs> <laughs> she told her doctor her kids are always in the mud, so she doesn't have to worry about them catching it. But um, she asked. She said, I'm bringing, you know, my nieces and nephews and things of that nature. She signed up 10 kids. Um, for the race. Wow. <laughs> and I said, well, if you want, why don't I start you guys off by yourselves first? And she said, are you serious? I said, yeah. I said, listen, if anybody came up to me or came up to the registration tent and said, hey, is there a way that I can start five minutes before the heat or 10 minutes before the heat? Because, you know, we're going off every 15 minutes. Right. You know, my theory on it is yes. And this is why. OCR is about a lifestyle. 
OCR is about breaking rules. We're all a bunch of misfits that have been discarded some way, somehow in our lives, either between uh, depression, PTSD, relationship problems, work problems, life problems. You know what? Break a rule. I will start anybody at any time that they want at this race, rather it be a kid's race that's got just brothers, sisters, cousins, nieces, and nephews that want to go out and play together. Or it's me and you going out and saying, hey, Aaron, I want to take you one-on-one on your own course. I'll say, okay, let's do it. And now, guess what? We'll go out together. Now, you saying that we right there, that makes it sound, to me, to me, that makes it sound like you don't have a reason not to come and try this race. Because if your reason to put, you know, people's nerves at ease about COVID by letting them pretty much start their own wave by themselves, I mean, that's saying a lot, you yeah. know. And I think a lot of people that are nervous about this disease, because, you know, I work at a hospital and a lot of people are very nervous about this disease. And it's not so much in the South as it is in other places too, but I have an elderly mother and I'm trying to do everything I can not just to make sure that she doesn't get it. And so I know that a lot of people are nervous about it and just you giving people the opportunity to OCR when we haven't had any and the people that are super, you know, nervous about this disease or virus, I mean, that's saying a lot. And I, th- I think that's going to pay in dividends for you. Well, it's the truth. You know, we're not, none of us, none of us that have ever ran an OCR are perfect, number one. Right. Number two, none of us who are directors from OCR, in any OCR, and I know a lot of directors, and a lot of them feel the exact same way I do. It's not about us. There are a lot of directors out there, believe it or not. Um, you know, I'm going to name drop. Um, Julie. Um, she does uh, Scenic City and a few others. Um, she started up her own label, um, Phoenix, this year. Yeah. Um, she's up there in the Georgia Chattanooga area. Yeah, I think I saw some. I had some um, friends that went to that race. Yep. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to name drop, um, Julie. She is, she fought the whole way to create a way to bring OCR back to the Georgia, Tennessee area. When everybody told her that she was crazy, when everybody told her that she would fail, she found a way to succeed. I can tell you, people and directors like me, directors like Brian, directors like Christina from uh, Swamp Battle, directors like um, Dan and George from Hildervet, there's a new world of OCR that's coming out. These big box companies, they don't have a clue what's going to happen with this whole COVID thing. I agree. So they are like us, but here's the thing. We're not scared anymore of them. We can keep our prices to $99 for elite. We can keep our prices for $79 for open wave. We can keep our prices to $25 for a kid's race. And guess what? We can still slap a 30% discount out there when we want to. Right. And we have 
the ability to put races on all of us. I agree. That are so phenomenal. Everyone's going to question why they're paying $200 in travel expenses to race when OCR Overload, Swamp Battle, and Hilderbat. Okay? Let's talk about standalone obstacles for a second. All right. You got your four foot wall, you got your six foot wall, and you got your seven foot walls. Okay? Well, OCR Overload has four foot walls double six walls, and we're working on double seven walls right now. We also have slip walls, okay? Well, everyone has those, right? Right. Perfect. Well, what about the muddy abyss? Everyone has a muddy area that they call a mud hole, right? Right. So we all have those. Okay, what about low crawls? No, we all have those. What about swamp battles traverse rope? So what is that? Okay, I don't. You have so, so is a traverse, traverse rope, rope. Is that kind of like the uh, Tyrolean traverse, like they have at Spartan? Yes. Okay, but you have to go all the way to a beast in order to have that obstacle. Right. You can't have that obstacle on the sprint, right? Nope. You're right. Well, guess what? Why should you have to spend two hundred and fifty dollars on a race? Okay. Well, rope climb. Well. I have a rope climb, Dan has a rope climb, George has a rope climb, Brian has a rope climb, Christina has a rope climb. Okay, well, let's talk about Z-walls. Okay, let's talk about burden carries, A-frame cargoes, slip walls, monkey bars, vertical cargoes, right? Right. Well, what makes OCR overload different is this right here. Warped wall. 30-foot rings to the end, floated ninja walls, oh, cool. ninja grips, monkey bars, pipes, slip wall, oh, muddy hell, and yes, that's actual an obstacle. That's just not a, that's just not a mud hole. <laughs> oh, muddy hell is an actual obstacle. It's going to say, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, a very nasty, nasty, fun burden carry. Um, a death crawl. No different, okay? OCR World Championship 2018. You know, we have it, they have it. So describe uh, that obstacle, because I, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, my gosh. So, okay, so you know, um, you take uh, 55 pounds on a sandbag, right? Right. And you have to go in the mud, drag it, put oh. it back over your shoulders, crawl over things, drop it back down in the mud, drag it again for another 50 feet, pick it back up, walk for another 100 feet, drop it back again, and crawl under bob wire again. Oh, my gosh, that is that is, that is terrible. That sounds but terrible. Yes. <laughs> fun, but it right? sounds challenging and fun, though, to me. At this point, I'm, you know, I'm looking for any challenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I've actually got your uh, obstacle list right here in front of me, and there's a couple of them that I can't even imagine what it is. So you've got one here that's called Pipes 2.0. What is that? Oh, my gosh. So um, I built a Pipes for another company. Um, and I was going to do the exact same way, but I decided not to. Because um, I wanted that company to stay with their standalone obstacles. Uh, the company that I built it for, they're phenomenal people. And, and I love them to death. Um, so imagine the Z-Wall, right? Right. 
but imagine it having a one-inch pipe on the bottom and a one-inch pipe up top. Oh, and you cool. have to crawl across it. That sounds cool. Yeah. it's. Let me tell you, when you get to it, you're going to be wet, you're going to be muddy, and it's going to be very, very hot. If you don't have the grip strength in your calves, if your calves are already tight, I will highly suggest you you stretch your calves out before you even try that. <laughs> so, and I see another one on here called Brick City. <laughs> that yeah. sounds fun. Um, so... Brick City. Um, I was watching a um, race from 2016 from Mer- or from um, OCR Championship over right. in Europe. Right. And I was so just wowed that these people were able to do this. Um, Ryan Atkins. Um, I've seen Ryan Atkins in real life many times, and I've never seen him struggle much. He struggled at this. So what I did was I mimicked what they did, but I put a rope around it. And you have to actually, like a yoke in a sense, yeah. you have to you have to jog, walk, or run with it for a quarter mile through train. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, if, if an elite athlete comes to this, this race and they finish the race and it's, it's four miles, but if they finish the race in 15 minutes, I'll be surprised. Hmm. So there's another one on here. I see called gorilla grip. What is that one? Is that like a rig or something? <laughs> that is a rig. Okay. So a gorilla grip, um, we have floating walls. So it starts off, um, with ninja chucks so ninja chucks are those um, straight pipes kind seven of. inch yep seven inch no uh yeah seven inch pipes that you have to grab and swing like the rings yeah so you go to that which is you know all upper body uh mainly grip forearms you swing into a cargo net okay you go up a cargo net 10 feet you go across the cargo net 10 feet, you come back down the cargo net 10 feet. So yes, it's actually a two-story obstacle. You come down it, and then you have floating walls. I see that. The floating walls um, have ropes attached to them and a two-by-six on the bottom. And you have to manage to keep your grip strength as you're transferring from one floating wall to another floating wall all the way over to the bell. Wow. And I noticed that the 30, the 30 foot rings to the end is right here at the end. And before that obstacle is the monkey bars and the vertical cargo net. And that's all within, it looks like judging by your map, a quarter of a mile. So that's going to pretty, that's going to shoot your grip pretty hard right there at the end. Yes, it is. But there's a surprise between 19 and 21 that no one knows about. That's where Hildermats bring in four standalone obstacles. They're oh, wow. bringing four rigs. Oh, so they're bringing four rigs in addition to what I'm looking at on this list? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. That's going to be pretty yeah, cool, buddy. man. That's going to be a lot of rigs. Yes. 
Um, there's two surprises uh, that I I haven't redone the map yet because I, I really want it to be a really I want it to be one of the races to where if you're running open and you're you're so challenged that you look at your friend and you say I need help. Right. There's no way I'm going to do this without your help. That's what this race really is entitled to. So when you get to 19, you got 19, 20, 21, and 22. That's Hilderbats. Quarter mile, four rigs, two. Wow. You're going to have a 20-foot multi-rig. Mm-hmm. You're going to have... A, I'm, I'm not going to tell you all of them. You're going to have a very surprise at 20. You're going to have a Hercules 21. And 22, you're going to have a surprise that's going to knock your socks off. Now, see, that's exciting because, and you know, back in the day, Spartan used to do that. They'd give you the map, but there'd be obstacles on there that you didn't know what they were. They were surprised. You know, I forget what they called it on the map. And uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. miss that, you know, and everybody would always try to figure out what they were, you know, the week of the race, you know. And I think that'll be that'll be something neat addition to this race as well. Uh, tell me, how is the, uh, like, what's, is it going to be kind of like a savage race or OCR World Champions where you, you wear a band and if you pass the obstacle, you get to keep going? Or if not, you just keep redoing it? Or is there going to be some type of, like, burpee or push-up penalty? If you can't do that. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm still drawn, to be honest with that, because I, I hate burpees. I respect the crap out of them. <laughs> um, for the last two years, I've been, um, I've been a uh, contestant on a buddy's uh, burpee challenge. And it's, uh, it was originally 100 burpees for 100 days. Uh, let me tell you, it's Gross. been two years now. it's been two years so um i love the burpees but you know what i don't what i don't like i don't like when it takes you out of the race right i agree um i've never been a big fan of that um i know other race directors right now are going to be listening to this they're going to say what is he talking about well i don't want to take anyone's band I really don't. Right. Um, I was at an OCR World Championship, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop again. One of my dear friends, who is a great asset in life, her name's Heidi. Heidi owns a gym down south, and she is a beast, not just physically but mentally. Heidi sat at um, Skull Valley at an OCR World Championship couple years ago she sat there for about three hours wow two hours three hours she delivered more heart than anybody could ever and i remember that the lesson that i learned from that was you have two options you got the option of giving up your band or you have the option of trying, of taking your time, controlling your breathing, and being one with an object that is kicking your teeth in. Right. Kind of like COVID. COVID's kicked all of our teeth in. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'll admit it. COVID has really screwed me up. 
Um, if COVID was a person, I would have no teeth. It has kicked my teeth out. Yeah. Um, I think it's done but, everybody that way. It's affected somebody, everybody in some form or fashion. Yeah, it has. So with this race, elite athletes and even non-elite athletes are going to have a band. And they're going to make a choice, okay? I don't, I don't want anybody not to try an obstacle. If, you, if I really told you how many obstacles are going to be there, you would call me a liar. <laughs> you really would. You'd say, you need to do an eight-mile race. Well, I can tell you the July race is going to be a 15, or is going to be a 10K and a 5K. Um, the July 10th race, right. we're going to do July 10th and July 11th. Um, there's going to be two, two big races into one, but same venue? this particular race, hmm? you're going to have it at the same venue, this, the Waldo. Yep. Venue? Same venue. Yes, sir. Listen, I'm only utilizing about 40 acres. I have 150 acres at my disposal. Oh, cool. Yes, I'm not even tapping into the, re- I'm not really tapping into really anything. I'm just using the terrain that people can train on for the national championship series. That's all I'm doing is I'm using the exact same train that we're going to be running in Jacksonville. But with the bands, yes, they're going to have bands and everyone's going to have to make a decision. That decision is going to be, do I get my points? for what we're going to launch. Me, Swamp Battle, and Dan from Hilderbat is going to be launching. This day, people, I shouldn't even say anything now, but when people come to my race, they're going to be invited to what's called a Florida Championship OCR series. That sounds cool. People and love a good series. you go to... Sorry, go ahead. I said, people love a good series. Yes. So you're going to get points from my race. You're going to get points from Swamp Battle. And you're going to get points from running on a beach. That sounds awesome. And having fun. Um, So I really don't, truthfully, I don't want to take pants. You can sit at an obstacle all day long. It it doesn't matter to me. Um, But yes, if you decide to tap out, we will take your band. And you will still get points, but you'll be on the bottom of the tier bracket for the points. Right. Depending on your placement time. Um, for example, um, we had the situation at Swamp Battle where somebody finished in front of somebody, but they didn't have a band. Right. But four people. So my low rig. Did you go to the Swamp Battle? I didn't. I had to do another. I was. I had a. I was already signed up for a trail race that weekend, so I had, went and okay. did it instead. We built this massive 30-foot low rig. And this 30-foot low rig that we produced took the bands of 17 elite athletes. Wow. And it's mainly because the only time you see a low rig is now in Savage and now with OCR Overload slash Swamp Battle slash Hilderbat. It's true. We've, yeah, that's the only time you actually see these, these low rigs. And with the low rig, everyone was taken by storm. And I felt really bad that uh, it was just one after another, after another, after another, after another. But every single person that we took the band for art that gave me their band were smiling. And they said, that thing beat me up. (laughs) 
Well, that's good. Though. I mean, I mean, so there's nothing awesome. wrong with a good challenge. Mm-hmm. And the way you've and got these obstacles, the way you have these obstacles stacked in this race, you're probably going to get some bands on this one too, I imagine. Well, there's there's a couple places. So if you look at the map and you look at number nine um, back yep. there, and that is where, believe it or not, Swamp Battle Alley is going to take place. I have never wanted to run a race more than I want to run this race. And I think it's because <laughs> it's a, it's the three of us that are taking these obstacles and we're bringing them to a race that people would normally pay 200 plus dollars to get into. And they're only being charged $79 to get into. And there's a code right now, Swamp 50, that gives you 50% off. Swamp 50. So, Yep, Swamp 50. All right. And when you get when you get to this race and you meet the other athletes, and I'm still shell-shocked. I really am. Some of these athletes that are coming to this race have asked me, are you bringing the low rig? <laughs> How about that multi-rig? You know, that multi-rig, I got a text message this morning, actually, an email this morning from a gentleman that registered. He said, I will register right now if you tell me that multi-rig that you guys put together with Swamp Battle is going to be there. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> I was People like, will follow the obstacles. So, yeah. I asked him what was so important about it. He said it was the first time he's ever failed. Wow. And I remember the guy because I happened to be there when he gave his band up after the seventh try. Wow. So yeah, it was, uh, it, it's just, it's completely amazing. Um, and what I love about it most, it goes back to OCR. OCR is about a challenge. It's a mental game and this will mentally break you. But if you go there with the mindset, you're going with your friends, you're going to have fun. You're out of the house, right? Exactly. You're going to be challenged. If you're not challenged before obstacle seven, when you get to 10 and you hit Brick City, I promise you, you're going <laughs> to say, what just happened? <laughs> right. I mean, it looks like an awesome workout, especially, you know, a good way to just get back into it right before, you know, if somebody's wanting to go to, to Jacksonville for the Spartan National Series race, this is a good way to get some practice in. And you have a month to prepare even after this race for that race. So it's just good practice. And, I mean, I'm already going to it because, I mean, one reason why I'm going to it is because I'm not going to be able to go to the National Series race in Jacksonville. So this will be pretty much my first OCR of the year. And I'm extremely looking forward to it, especially because I missed Hildervat and I missed Swamp Battle. And I'm ready to do an OCR. I haven't done anything since... Uh, I guess it was Fall Savage, and so I'm ready. I'm ready to get on some obstacles. Man, I can tell you, there's a lot of people. I got people. I cannot. I cannot believe this. I got a guy that went to Swamp Battle because he's a big fan of Trinity Fitness. Right. Um, he he came to a Trinity Fitness Swamp Battle um, back two years ago, and I met him 
at the low rig. And this low rig, he tried this thing. He was in the open heat. Um, he tried this thing 12 times. Wow. He fell 12 times on his back. He finally looked up at me. He said, what's the secret? He said, there's got to be a secret. And I just smiled. And he goes, I know you know the secret because I think you're the one that engineered this. <laughs> <laughs> I said to him, I said, yes, I did. I said, um, this actually, this this is a, this, this low rig actually was put together by me, George, and Dan from uh, Hilderbat. I said, I'm the owner of OCR Overload. Um, this low rig's my baby. I said, uh, here's the secret to it. And I said, when you get out of the tube, you need to you need to be on your back because you got to go up a tube right. before you get to the rig. That that brings you up four feet, or that brings you up four feet to the rig. I said, when you get to the floating ninja wall, which is what the first one is, right? Um, I said you can use the top part of it. You you need to use the top part of that because when you get to the floating ladders you're going to need every bit of finger strength that you have. When you do the transition, you need to be able to rotate your body around to grab that 10-foot pipe to be able to ride that pipe all the way to the bell. I said, so the secret is not using your finger strength until you get to the floating ladder Hmm. and then hug it um, when you get to the pipe. Um, You know how some people do the when they do this... um, when they do the rings, they put their arm all the way through the ring. Yeah. So the same, same aspect on the low rig. Uh, matter of fact, if you go to a uh, swamp battle, um, to their site, you can actually see pictures of the low rig. And I've got pictures on, uh, OCR overloads, Facebook as well. Of yeah, the low I saw rig. It. And you'll see what I'm talking about. When you get to that pipe, if you put your arms across it, like you're hugging it, right. You'll actually, you'll actually survive the low rig. Huh. Well, yeah, this, this, this particular person, um, very similar to your story, um, hasn't ran an OCR in a long time because he's um, trying to be COVID safe. Right. And I get it. Trust me. I'm, I'm a diabetic and oh, my yeah. mother-in-law it's, it's pretty bad lives with us. Um, so I don't want her to get sick because... Uh, I'm not going to say she's old, but she's in a whole different age category than me. Right. I guess that's a safe way to put it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I want to make sure that she's safe. So I, he said that he just doesn't do many races anymore because of the whole COVID thing, but he's a big supporter of Swamp Battle. Right. So he flew in. Well, afterwards he came up to me and he was actually the first person to register for my race. He said the way that that rig was set up and the challenge that it brought him mentally, he said he said he ran over 500 OCRs and the only ones that have really got him, he said that ultra got him for Savage mentally. He said that a, um, he did four laps at Savage and the fourth lap got him, um, mentally. He said that other than that, there's been no real challenges um, mentally for him. He said that he signed up for my race first because he wanted to be the first one to have a challenge. Hmm. That's pretty cool. He said because, yeah, he said because he knew that Dan was going to be there from Hilderbat, and he knew that 
Brian and Christina were going to be there from Swamp Battle. Yeah, it's nice when you can, uh, you know, put a put a face to the race, you know, because when you go to these these bigger box races, like you say, you know, you don't know who's been working on it, who put it together, you know, unless you're somebody that goes to a lot of the races, you know, you don't know. So, I mean, it's nice to get that hometown feel with a race um, like you're talking about, and I'm sure that'll bring back uh, repeat racers too as well. Um are you going to be giving awards to like the elite heat for uh, the race and how deep are they going to go? All right. So this is, this is a very unique subject here. <laughs> um, it is because it's on a, it's on a statement system that the more elite athletes that register, the higher the prize money is. Oh, that's cool. So right. Yep. Right now we're at, Five hundred dollars first place, two hundred fifty and one fifty. Oh, but all the way down to tenth place, you have a free race pass oh, cool. that you can actually use for OCR overload. You can use it for swamp battle, and you can use it for Hildervat. Oh, that's cool! Nothing so like a free race. Get, that's way more if, than the bigger box get, races do. They don't go ten um, deep. No, they don't. Not at all. Um, and if we can get more registered people. That means fourth place will be a cash prize, fifth place will be a cash prize, and then we'll go all the way down to twelfth place. We'll actually get a free race. Oh, that's cool, Aaron. So, uh, tell us tell us a little bit about the festival area. I saw you said you're going to have changing tents and uh, outside showers there. Is there going to be like a food vendor there or something where somebody could get like a drink or some food after the race? Yes, so that was one of the things that the nice governor of Florida is allowing me to do. That's awesome. Because right now, um, we can't even we can't even put anybody in a football stadium because they want to allow them to serve food. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I do have a couple of food vendors that have uh, showed interest that are actually showing up, which is nice. That um, is nice. I do have, there's two different types of showers. We have indoor showers, they're cold, and we have outdoor showers, which are colder. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, you know the hose system. Yeah. Um, this particular vent, this particular venue actually has men and women uh, inside bathrooms with changing rooms and three showers in each one. Oh, that's sweet. Yes. So if you wanted to take a quick shower inside and just you know completely strip down, or be like me and use a shower toga. Um, by the way, shower toga will be there. Um, yes. So if you don't have a shower toga, you can buy one at the venue. Oh, that's cool. Um, the shower togas are so awesome. Hmm. I have one, but I haven't used it yet. Somebody gave me one for a present. Oh my gosh. So I don't think there's, I, been, I don't think I've gone to an OCR since I got one. it. <laughs> As a matter of fact. <laughs> I was the only one at Swamp Battle with one. And it was so funny because this guy had like five different Walmart bags or plastic bags. He was next to me. Right. And I get down and, you know, I put the shower toga on and I'm spraying clean. And I am, you know, butt naked under the shower toga because that's <laughs> what they're for. Right. They're for you to get clean. You know, and I get all cleaned up and I put my clothes on and I put my shoes and my kilt. Because, you know, more heart than scars, I got to wear a kilt. Yeah. I and I put you. my kilt, um, I put my legend born jersey in there and my nasty socks and, you know, and I zip it up or I, I close it and everything's in the bag. 
Mm-hmm. And he was sitting over there with five Walmart bags. It was <laughs> <laughs> so funny. He goes, where can I get one? I mm-hmm. said, well, showertoga.com. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I was walking away, I said, oh, my gosh, I've got to get shower toga at my race. <laughs> there you go. So I see your first heats going out at 7.30 and your last heats going out at 12.45. And you said those were going to be 15-minute heats spread apart? Yes, sir. 15-minute heats. Now, that can change because we can always go further out. So um, COVID again, if we get to where we have more heats needed, because I'm running 40 people per heat, um, there is an exception for that. I have one team that has already got 32, 33 people involved in the race. Right. So if they get to where they got 45 people, of course they're going to run all 45. Right. That's not an issue at all. I'm not worried about that. Right. Um, But if we get to the point to where we need to run more heats, we're going to run more heats. We did that, and we did that time frame for the kids' race because – these adults that are used to OCR are not used to seeing rigs with kids. Right. I don't remember one OCR where they had a Hercules for the kids. Yeah. So it's going to be very, very special for the adults. That does sound pretty cool. Um, Aaron, man, we're like over an hour here and, uh, I'm pretty much out of questions, man. Is there anything that I left out that you might want to add to this? No, I think I think we're I think we're good. Um, oh well, where do people just, need to go if they want to register for this for the race? Oh, uh, runsignup.com forward slash OCR overload. Right, and I'm sure there's I'm pretty sure there's a link on the Facebook page as well, right? Yes, there is. Um, I will say this: um, expect the unexpected. Um, Really, OCR is coming back. OCRs never left us. Um, we've just allowed OCR to get out of control um, with numbers. We've allowed big box companies to take OCR to a level that um, the top 20 of the U.S. can afford to do every single day. Yeah. Here in Florida, there are three companies. There is Swamp Battle, OCR, Hildervat, and OCR Overload. We have done everything that we can, and we're still growing. We're not perfect. But if you want to get to a race, you want to have family fun that's not going to cost you $800 for a family of four to go play in these are the three companies in the state of Florida that is going to take OCR by surprise and it sounds Um, like it's going to have more challenging obstacles too (laughs) yes and everyone has standalone obstacles we all do right we all have a road line you know, we all have walls. Right. But when you come to one of our races, it doesn't matter which one of the three. And you say, hey, where's Aaron? Hey, where's Brian? 
Hey, where's Dan? Hey, where's George? Hey, where's Christina? Hey, where's Doug? Hey, where's Jennifer? We will actually stop what we're doing. And we'll actually come out, say hi, and see what we can do to help or see what you need. It don't matter if we have 500 people at a race or if we have 1,000 people at a race. We have not forgot what OCR truly means to everybody. That sounds good, man. I'm looking forward to it, man, and hopefully I can get this out and uh, some other people hear the word and maybe we'll get you some more numbers too. Because like I said, this is just a, a keen opportunity to, you know, try a, to get your feet back into the OCR right before the national championships race in uh, Jacksonville for the, the Spartan National Series race. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that probably didn't do a race all year long. I was lucky enough that I was close to Jacksonville, so I was able to go to that race. But you got to think about the people that were out west, you know, that never got to even do a race or that was in the central uh, U.S. that never even got to do a race all year long. So this is just a good opportunity to, you know, get one under you before the first national series race. Well... We're bringing it, I promise you. And when you're out at the race, you're going to get it. You're going to get everything that you pay for for a big box and half the price. That sounds good, Aaron. Hey, man, I appreciate you taking time. Tell us about your race. Not a problem. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to spread the word that uh, OCR's never left and we're here and we're waiting. I hear you, man. I'll see you in a month. Not a problem. I'll see you in a month. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Aaron again for taking time to tell us about this race. It really sounds fun, and I'm looking forward to it, especially because I'm not going to make the Spartan National Series race anyway, so this will be my first OCR race in a long time, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope the weather is nice and warm and not freezing cold. That would be great. Uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Um, leave a review. You can be the first person for 2021 to leave a review. That's like a prestige and honor, right? No, not really. Anyway, check us out. We'll see you in the next race. Later. Mm-hmm.